Did you miss the Stuart Gray era? Find out on this episode of Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro, here to review a thrilling nil-nil draw. And I'm drinking a B-Side, a New England blonde ale from Alvarium Beer Company, one of my favorite locals about 30 minutes up the road in New Britain, Connecticut. Did Wednesday play a B-Side against Walsall? Only time will tell. Joining us once again this week in New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeff. How are you doing? Um, I am uh, on the council pop today, which uh, is a colloquialism I'm not sure you guys all know about, but it essentially is water. Uh, council pop means just free soda, which is water. Uh, but I'm drinking out of an NJ Beer Company glass. There you go. Yeah, I'm just drinking out of the can. And once again, our New England owl. Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff. Good to talk to you. Uh, I'm drinking Moat Mountain Brewing Company. Uh, Keeping it in New England. It's North Conway, New Hampshire. Pleasant town on Lake Winnipesaukee there. Miss V's Blueberry Ale. It's doing the job so far. Yeah, very summery. Sort of the last gasp of summer this weekend. Although I need it's still it. incredibly humid <laughs> here, at least. I went out and mowed the lawn. Sunday morning? Monday morning? I don't even remember. Time has no meaning. And I got, like, through the front yard. It was, like, it wasn't bad. It was, like, 75. But, like, I was just, like, drenched in sweat by the end of it because it was so humid. I may have put in a slightly more rigorous shift than Wednesday did, and we'll review that fixture. The League Cup win against Walsall. There is some Wednesday news. And we're turning over a new leaf. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, new season, new us. We're actually remembering to preview the midweek fixture along with the Saturday fixture. So we will preview both the Cardiff game, kick off the league season on Saturday, and the Rochdale League Cup round two match. We start, of course, with 90 minutes and 90 seconds. Walsall's nil, Wednesday nil, Wednesday win 4-2 on penalty kicks. If you think there's any way in hell I can fill 90 seconds talking about this match, (laughs) you are sadly mistaken. I will say that it's always fun. This happens every year on the show. One of us, often myself, overreacts to early season performances by a Wednesday player and declares him the future star of the team. I think this will be the second time it will be Matt Penny because he really changed the game. Once he came on in the second half. And the only other thing really to take away from this game is that for everything that's gone wrong with the club since spring of 2017, at least we're better at penalty kicks now. And with that, we'll go to the talking points. Patty, the M6 moved well. This was the. Uh, it's always of... good when the ESPN Plus commentator is taking the piss. <laughs> this is a brilliant uh, comment from the ESPN Plus commentator, who noted, I think it was halfway through the second half, that the M6 was moving well. That's, and they just that's let it sit there. He didn't say anything for like 15 seconds after that. <laughs> that's how entertained he was. Oh, dear. Uh, no, it wasn't the classic, was it? I mean, what can you expect from. Uh, well. The, the lineup. Let's start with the lineup, shall we? Um, so no strikers. We went for a, a Luke, as we're calling it nowadays. Um, 
Reach appeared to be up front with Izzy Brown. Uh, Brown being the most pushed forward most of the time, I, I felt. Um, both, both reasonably ineffective. Um, Reach definitely more so. Uh, as he just struggled to keep anything under control or kind of get on the end of anything. He, he tends to play like he played on the wing. So if balls came towards him, he would kind of like flick it on for a run on going forward. And that doesn't work when you're uh, a striker. Um, so I put a tweet out at the beginning of the match saying maybe Reach is a striker now because we haven't really found the best position for him in the last four years. So... It clearly isn't striker is his best position either. So we're going back to the drawing board with Reach, I think. I feel bad for him a little bit. Um, it's not his natural position. Clearly, he's, he's trying to uh, monk, try and make up some numbers. Uh, the uh, the other controversial uh, tweet I put out is if that we're not going to play Jordan Rhodes up front against the League Two struggling side, uh, then let the poor side go now because it's just not worth carrying on any longer. And a lot of people just got back at me saying that maybe we're resting him, resting him for the league game against Cardiff. I'm like, it's, what are we resting him for? He's not had the, he's had played like 13 <laughs> games in about three years. He needs, he needs confidence. He needs, he needs some goals. Um, so yeah, I don't buy that it was rested. I don't, I think it was a tactical thing from Monk and he has zero faith in Mr. Rhodes. I will say that um, Izzy Brown, once they actually put strikers in front of him, looked like he can be a real force at this level i mean even before that he would like he was very good at getting the ball and sort of dropping the shoulder and making his man miss and then he had no one to pass to because he was the furthest player forward um, but I, I think when he plays more sort of like that center attacking midfielder role with actual strikers in front of him i think he's going to be uh i don't know if forestieri-esque is exactly the right term because he, i think he's a very different type of player he's he's bigger and more physical but the kind of sort of like talismanic midfield can unlock a defense kind of player in that way i think he looked really impressive so i thought it was ineffective but it was more to the fact that he had no one to pass to up front um whereas if, when he dropped deeper and uh, when some strikers on you could tell he, the, the skills there that like we saw against leicester as well so i think he's going to be one of our better players this season um the whole game Changed Jeff, like you said, as soon as we got some strikes on. I mean, amazingly, who'd have thought it? So Windass came on, um, and then Rose came on, I think, too, right? Um, and just just someone to aim at. That's all he wanted. I mean, we start putting crosses into the box. I just, I think uh, it just created some space too outside the box for like Penny and and Brown and uh, even Harris to work. Just because, like, you can. What are you gonna do? Push up? Like, is he Brown? Not gonna like get behind you. Adam Reach is freelancing on the right or the left, depending on his mood, um, isn't really going to make those kind of like dangerous runs behind the defensive line, especially someone like Windass uh, specifically operates in. It just gives them something to think about and just creates a little more space for the midfield to operate. I thought the midfield did quite well. You mentioned that uh, last week, Jeff, I think even just talking about the season in hand, the importance of getting some strikers in who know how to make proper runs and know how to stretch a defense and, and to make it move. Um, and, and I agree with you guys. I thought Izzy Brown was excellent. Even even up front, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't in a good position to do the things that he does. But once he was dropped back and he had some space and time to control the ball and to move the ball around, that is um what he does. And I, I think we got a good preview of that 
I also was very impressed with, uh, and since he's going by, we'll just call him our new friend Fizz, who, you know, ran out of a little bit of steam, but he definitely showed the ability to take the ball and push forward with it and get himself into good positions to both receive passes and distribute them and move. Um, you know, I, I thought he was, uh, you know, out of the 60 odd minutes he played, I thought he was very effective for most of them. And then the last one, of course, you guys have mentioned was uh, Matt Penny, uh, our old new old friend uh, coming in and he, just the confidence that he had going forward uh, with the ball. Uh, I thought he really kind of broke the game open. And I thought Harris looked much better on the right side than he did on the left. And I don't know how much of that was uh, Adebayo's sort of ineffectiveness um, versus, you know, Penny allowing them to stretch that side of the field and give Harris some space on the right side. I think on Fizz specifically, like he has all the tools to be a just a different kind of midfielder than we've had at this level. That was the other thing I've noticed was like a midfield with both uh, Dudley Bashiru and Izzy Brown is just a more physical midfield than we've been able to play in a number of seasons. Um, and like, this isn't the under 21s anymore. Like he's gonna have to adjust having less time on the ball. You have to pick his passes, make his decision making a little quicker. But I think that'll come with, with more match reps. Um, and even, Again, that was another thing. I was like, was Odebajo just not making the runs he expected on the right? Because they didn't seem to be communicating particularly well on some of their interplay, especially in the first half. But you know, he's he definitely puts a shift in. He works hard. He's very physical. He's very difficult to get off the ball. You know, likes to tackle and does like that kind of like box to box midfielder and the type of box to box midfielder that look nobody likes Kieran Lee more than I do. But that's a very different uh, type of frame you're dealing with running at you. Um, than uh than Kieran Lee. I do think oh, that for a nineteen yeah. year old, yeah. right? I mean that's that's a nineteen year old making his his debut at a championship club. I mean that's I mean I the nutri- that's you can tell good. the nutritional program for the youth squad at Man City is a little better than Wednesday because our nineteen year olds <laughs> don't look like that. <laughs> so Justin, you already mentioned one new face and old face that played well. Any others? Uh, well, too, I, I did want to mention the Izzy Brown performance, um, I thought was well, and, and Fizz are the two new faces. And then Matt Penny is a, a new old face. And, I, you know, I think I said in the sort of season preview talking about how I thought our we were going for the younger guys and how our uh, academy was turning out better talent. You know, I thought that Matt Penny was a guy who, who would be able to to play at this level. And, and again, that was we were playing a a mid-table League One, League Two side. Um, but uh, from what I saw in his speed and, and his ability to take the ball and drive and, and get good crosses in, get good shots on net, I, I don't see why Matt Penny isn't our starting left wing back, uh, certainly this weekend and hopefully going forward. Yeah, I think it does make a difference too. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, it's very possible. I, I'll be honest, I did not watch a lot of St. Pauli last year. So I don't know uh, what formation Lukai was playing there. I mean, he did play three at the back some during his time at Wednesday, certainly. Uh, you know, Penny's specifically, you know, played left wing back in or left wing in the youth ranks for the most part. And he's a better fit in that kind of, you know, attacking role and with less defensive responsibilities because he can't really be sort of like a traditional defensive-minded fullback. So I think allowing him to just sort of push forward and do his thing would be beneficial. And I think, look, just getting regular match time, even if it was in the Bundesliga too, 
does make a difference for uh, a player with that little professional first team experience because we played a little bit at the beginning of the uh, 18-19 season but you know got injured fairly early on and doesn't look quite the same when he came back so I think we're seeing maybe the sort of the maturation and sort of the realization of the potential that was there and maybe got uh, sort of curtailed by his injury issues a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think he was pretty erratic uh, from what I followed last year with St. Pauli. Uh, Although that... I mean, imagine a Josh Lukakai team being erratic. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And, and, you know, the book on on Lukakai is his lack of specific tactical instruction to players and the idea that he expects them to to be able to figure it out quote unquote um, which doesn't really work with young players or less talented players so um i mean gary monk clearly has a system he's trying to impose here whether we have the players to make it work even a year later who knows but i mean i think matt penny coming in at left wing back knows exactly what he has to do my talking on the bio on the right hand side doesn't really know what to do (laughs) Uh, so the problem with having Matt Penny at left back, left back is that uh, Harris would need to switch to the right, and he he did okay in that last half an hour. Um, but like you said, uh, Justin, was that because the alternative was Adebayo? Uh, because I think I would make Adebayo uh, look as bad as he is if I come after him too. Because he's I don't understand what he's good at. He's fast. Um, that's probably good. He, he was playing against a lead to uh, left back and I think constantly that, offside <laughs> yes three times in the first 20 minutes Stunning. I mean it was making it was, it was making good runs right. play to him, but there was too late <laughs> uh, but then after that he didn't beat his man once I don't think I mean, maybe, maybe once in the second half before I got took off uh, but even when he did beat him he couldn't put a cross in it, it, I just don't know why he brings this side he's uh, it, really frustrating uh, I, I do wonder with our sort of lack of strikers and you know, Kachunga specifically has played more as a, of a winger at times. And with Palmer back in the squad, you know, this week off the international break, is there an argument to play more of like a, I don't know if it would be like a 3-4-3, three, three, where you can push Harris further forward on the left and Kachunga further forward on the right and then play sort of more like a, a diamond or a flat four in midfield that allows you to play, you know, Penny and Palmer a little further forward? Impossibly, I'd see us shipping three, four, loads three, of goals. Five, two, three. We're going to ship loads of goals anyway. I'm trying to score stuff. We also need more strikers. So. My talking point is, I was actually fairly pleased with how the away kit looked. I was not a fan of it. Uh, that's my big takeaway from this match. It looks all right. Uh, my other one is... It's I, great. It, it is actually nice to see us take four really good penalties. Now let's see if we can actually win some during actual league matches. Because I don't know if we're going to score goals any other way. Is the COVID rules in the EFL Championship that after a, a, a tie we go into a penalty shooter? <laughs> that might be good for us. Yeah, just, just I try to hold out for that nil-nil and then just take a lot of good pens. Yep. That's the Walsall match. We'll now move on to the Wednesday news and an old Wednesday player finding a new old home. As it was announced that Fernando Forestieri has returned to Udinese. Oh, has he? No. Oh, has he? I mean, yes, he's signed for Udinese, but will he end up playing for someone a little bit closer to home? 
that is owned by the same team. Uh, I think that's the current rumor, right? So um, uh, the owners of Udinese also own Watford, and he's been training with Watford for the past uh, few weeks, and obviously has ties to Watford. That's where I'm going from originally. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll end up going to Udinese or whether he'll go straight on loan to Watford, but I, I would suggest probably the latter is going to happen. I'll which... look forward to him turning back the clock and scoring against us in the 88th minute like it always felt he did last time he was at Watford. <laughs> I remember specifically in tearing us to pieces when we lost like 4-1, I think, yeah. a long time ago. Um, but yeah, um, all the best to him. I mean, I don't think he'll gain the Watford side either, really. Uh, I'm not sure what Udinese is doing at the moment. Uh, Watford, well, Watford just uh, sold what's-his-name to Everton, didn't they? I don't know. I don't know who they sold, but they kept a lot of their Premier League team. Yeah, I was looking at that. Uh, the Corrier, yeah. Yeah, he's a little more of a defensive midfielder for them. Mm. I mean, they're they're gonna Watford's probably gonna sell a few people. I I, I just it, who can Forestieri can't play anymore. What, what is he gonna <laughs> do at this level? We haven't seen him do a thing at this level in three years, other than one forty-yard goal that everybody. I mean, if you roll him out for the last twenty to twenty-five minutes of a match, if you need to unlock something, I think there's value in that. Will he stay happy about that as his role? Or will he disrupt a clubhouse? I mean, he's that? in his 30s now. This is like his last contract, probably, in any sort of meaningful sense. So He's biking. If he he's like gone to the MLS. He would have been fun in the MLS. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Red Bulls will take him. Take him <laughs> <laughs> this is not dispatches from American soccer. This is Wednesday <laughs> news. And speaking of old friends finding new old homes... Uh, some interesting rumors coming out of the Kosovo international fixtures this weekend, Patty. It was an interview with the radio station, wasn't it, where he said something around the lines of that he's still in talks with Wednesday about a possible uh, return. Would he be the first choice striker right now? <laughs> I mean, who we got to choose from? I mean, Windas and uh, Kachunga and That's a, If we had had him for the Walsall match he's definitely getting like an 88th minute scrappy goal to save us from penalty kicks yeah he's a league cup specialist in that regard but wouldn't wouldn't we take that like yeah, I, no, I have no i have no issue with dave coming back aboard if he's willing to understand that for the most part he's getting the last 15 minutes of games and you know maybe he gets a start against walsall or rochdale or you know some random game where we need to rest people up but he can't be he can't be one of our top four strikers, <laughs> I don't think. Um, I think we got to find somebody else a little better than than Dave. And I love him, but and I think he can do a job, but it's it's a very specific and small job. I mean, it really much depends on you know what he wants to do at this point in his career. Uh, you know, if he's looking for more regular, you know, match time with an eye towards Euros next summer, which I think would be. I mean, Kosovo still has to get through the playoffs, but they're fairly well positioned um, given the group they're in. So, I mean, it'd be totally reasonable for him to try to take, you know, you know, mid. I know he was in talks with some Turkish teams, something like a mid-table Turkish uh, league team where he can play uh, play every week or something like that, yeah. to sort of showcase himself more than he would for the last fifteen minutes against Rochdale or whatever. <laughs> Don't know if we'll all be clamoring for that ESPN Plus feed. Speaking of which, the League Cup draw, as we previously said, Wednesday go away to Rochdale a week from tonight, today, Tuesday, as we record. And the winners, I, I guess they're doing like little brackets now because the winners play uh, an, a, another 
series of potential glamour ties is either a way to Fulham or a way to Ipswich, Patty. The magic of the cup. I don't, I don't understand why they did two draws at once. Uh, is that like a Champions League kind of thing? I think because the schedule is more uh, compacted than it usually is right. for the like, cup. All things part and... of the Champions League, that's not the one thing I want the Carabao Cup to do. Yeah. <laughs> to make it more sexy. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't get that worked about Roch Darling. I know Justin's done a preview for us later on, so we'll, we'll keep that for then. Could be a little cup around here. True. I mean, especially if we get Ipswich after that. I don't think Fulham's going to be paying particularly close attention to the League Cup. That may not matter because Wednesday just drew nil-nil away to Walsall. So. <laughs> uh, Rochdale will be a bit of a step up. Not much in the way of news off the international break. I didn't actually see if New Hugh got into either game. I don't think he did. But uh, Liam Palmer... Yeah, you got, the, you got the start in the second game. Oh, did he get the start in the second game? The 1-1 one, one, or the 2-1 loss to Greece? It. Yeah, He did. Um, yeah, no, I, I wanted to, to give a shout to Liam Palmer, who uh, has had a bit of an erratic uh, career with the Scotland team. He's he had a couple opportunities, didn't look so good. Um, they rolled him out and played him as uh, more or less a right-sided uh, midfielder, uh, kind of a wing-back role. Um, got all 90 minutes and uh, looked pretty solid defensively and did a nice job crossing the ball, um, switching sides, uh, working well with uh, Andy Robertson on the other side to, to switch the field up against the Czech Republic in a 2-1 win. And I don't know if you guys heard about what happened to the Czech Republic team. They were quarantined after their uh, victory a few days earlier, and the entire team was ruled out. Uh, they attempted to, the Czech Republic attempted to forfeit the game, and uh, UEFA said, no, we can't do that. So they called up uh, something like 17 people on the squad making their international debut, including <laughs> six players from the local Czech team that plays in the stadium where they did it. I mean, it wasn't quite plumbers and electricians, but it was half a step down, which kind of sadly shows how poor Scotland is right now that they kind of got outplayed by a uh, secondary group of Czech, uh, not even actual internationals. But I, I, to, I, to I, did, I didn't know that. I saw that Scotland had won. I'm like, oh, that's a good result for them. They've been playing great yeah, internationally no. recently. <laughs> no, no uh, against a literal people who had uh, never played yeah. international football before. Um, but... Uh, the little bits and pieces I watched of the game, I thought Palmer looked fine. And a little bit of Scottish media I checked in on, the overall feeling was that, that they thought that he had played well. So good for him. Nice to see uh, somebody in a Wednesday shirt have uh, a little bit of success internationally. He got an assist too, didn't he? He, was, he scored the, well, he, he for the uh, goal at the end. So yep. um, hopefully that's uh, over the practicing crossing all off season because uh, we still need that. Well, and it gives us, if, if he's willing to, uh, or if he's can be functional in a, a right wing back role, that gives us a little more depth and, uh, you know, some more tools in the tool shed to play with if we want to have a more defensive uh, setup against a, a team that we feel like we need to slow down their attack on the left side. I, I think that's something that Palmer generally does pretty well. I think he's He's big and he's strong and he's physical and, and he can he can mark people well. He's obviously prone to error sometimes, but I, I think that's a nice 
piece to have the same way that I'd like to have Kadeem Harris start on the left. But if you need to move something around or have Matt Penny in there, it's just it's nice to have a little bit of depth and, and to give Monk some opportunities to try some different things. That wraps up the Wednesday news. And we'll take a break and we come back. We will preview Cardiff away and Rochdale away. Okay, I'm very happy to say that my friend Dave, uh, who runs the New York Bluebirds, is joining us uh, to chat about the Cardiff game season opener. Dave, thanks for joining, mate. How are you doing? How are you feeling about the season ahead? I'm doing great. Thanks, Paddy. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's my first appearance on this uh, podcast of you guys. Um, season expectations, right? Is that what you asked? Yeah, I mean, have you had a good off season? Are you happy with how Harris finished last season? And what do you what do you expect? Are you are you, are you hoping for playoffs? Are you hoping for like? I mean, uh, I mean, I feel like every championship team is hoping for playoffs. I mean, even you guys. I mean, how many points you got deducted? I mean, I I feel like you know every team always feels they can. Oh, it's that that cheeky six spots we can nip in. Um, so you know, last season. Under Warnock, I think we were, I wouldn't say we were one of the favourites to go up top two, but definitely a playoff shout. Warnock going was uh, disappointing for a lot of Cardiff fans. I mean, we've been on this roller coaster journey from, he joined us when we were like second from bottom. Typical Warnock come in, backs against the walls, playing this, not, not the most attractive football, but definitely effective. I mean, we went up, you know, more like a battering ram of a team. Harris came in. Uh, never really got the fans excited last season when he initially came in. It's not a name that that jumped off the screen as getting the blood pumping, but he's done a great job. I mean, getting in the playoffs, I mean, ahead of a few, you know, big hit insides like Forrest, you, you know, you can't really ask more of the guy. This season, I think we're going to be going about it the same way. I feel like the playoffs are well within our grasp. We haven't lost anyone which is, you know, apart from, I think, Danny Ward left for Huddersfield. I know that's up your way somewhere, Danny Ward. But apart from that, I, I feel like it's going to be a good season. I mean, Harris has got us playing not, he's not a million miles off Warnock, um, but he's definitely a, a little easier on the eye, his football. So play, playoffs, playoffs minimum, I think, for us. Well. Dave, who are the, like, looking, just to preview this, when I was looking at the Cardiff roster, like, the number yep. of just classic championship yep. names that jumped off, you know, Bennett and Flint and Bamba and Bakuna and Hoylett and yeah. Lee Tomlin and, like, yeah. all of these guys. Who of them are you expecting to make a large impact this year? And sort of following up, I know you've got uh, – I wasn't super familiar with either of them, although I'd heard the names – a couple of uh, loanees from Liverpool and Arsenal who are yep. maybe supposed to, to make a big impact. Who who are you looking to make a big impact for you guys this year? I think at the base, it's going to be our, our old school generals. So the the guys that bring the physical aspect to the, to the team. So you're Sean Morrison. I mean, he's a, he's a unit at mm -hmm. the back and he, you, you're always going to be in a fight with Sean Morrison and he chips in with a few goals. I mean, our back line are full of monsters. I mean, Flint, I mean, Flint, you know, when he was at Bristol City as well, he, he also chipped in with a few goals. So we've got always going to have that, that set-piece threat. Um, 
from, from my point of view, the key player, the real key player for our attacking point of view is going to be Lee Tomlin and making mm. sure he is fit. A fit and firing Lee Tomlin is, he's one of the best players in the, I will end, you know, and highlight the word fit because he has had his issues when it comes to fitness. But he's, he's when he, you know, when he first came, he did look a bit leggy, I think is a polite word to say it. But he, he definitely came into his own. And, and last season, I think he's definitely in the top five um, assists and key passes in the championship. And he's one of these players that will make our attack tick. He finds these balls when you think nothing's on and he'll just do this little, you know, cheeky little curve ball. And, and we're away. So we need that in our locker too. So I think Lee Tomlin is going to be key. And also the old school guys who just bring the physical aspect, which, which you need in the championship. You need that underbelly of steel to, to make, uh, you know, it's a, such a slog that season in the championship. You need those guys. It's, I suppose it's just a question of whether they've still got it. I mean, Sean's been with us for a while. You still got Sol Bamber in there, all leaders. So hopefully they can still, you know, bring that physical aspect to the table. And I was happy to see Tomlin's out against uh, Wednesday, so there's no doubt. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. He is one of those players who, who can... Well, he was in the playoff um, semis last season. He, he got an injury right at the end, and I know he was devastated, but he will be a player that... I mean, you're lucky that he's not playing because he will he will cause... He would have caused you issues. I mean, as for the new signings, two, I say young loan signings. One of them is the Liverpool... I think he's a right winger, like Ojo... I think I'm not apologies to Ojo if he's listening, if I got it, <laughs> if um, I pronounced that wrong, but he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be a classic podcast, by the way. What's that? He's a big fan of the podcast. Ojo. He is a big fan. Yeah, he is a big fan. But touch, yeah. I imagine he's classic. He's going to be a classic Cardiff winger like Hoylet, like Mendes Lang in that very pacey. He's going to get down those channels and he's going to cross balls in for the Giants. And that's the other signing, Keitha Moore. He is another huge guy at Wigan. We got him for like two million. You know, Wigan, they had their issues. Um, we, we, you know, got in there with a cheeky bid for Keitha. Um, he's a Welsh international. He's he's a handful as well. So it's, we are a team full of giants, and I think he's going to be he's going to be massive for us as well in, in both sense of the words. Was there uh, was there any worry about uh, well? The no-show against Northampton Town and the Carabao Cup. I know you guys kind of have a starting yeah. to get a little tradition of bombing out of that cup as quick as you can. Yeah, uh, but it's it's one of those competitions. I mean, I feel like a lot of Cardiff fans still remember. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we got to the Carling Cup final against Liverpool. I mean, you know, it, I think it was like 2010, which you know is is a long time ago. But you know. I think we we lost on pens um, and we were in the FA Cup final not a million miles ago. So we have got a cheeky little history of being in cup finals. And I think every Cardiff fan would would like a run in the cup. At, at the same time, you know, like I was saying, it is a long season in the championship and, and our aim has to be promotion. So I sort of understand Harris putting out and he, he, put, out, he put out a strong enough side where we should have competed. And I know that he was not, obviously, understandably, not very happy of the, from the performance from the guys. So I, I'm, I'm not going to read too much into a lot. A lot of teams lose in those sort of Carabao Cup rounds, and it's. I don't think it's going to have much of an impact on on how the season's going to pan out. But you know, it would have been nice to have some sort of cup run. 
So you've alluded to this already a little bit, but what do you think the biggest changes sort of tactically or in the locker room that Neil Harris has made since he came in? I think it's one of those things where he hasn't changed. Like it hasn't, he hasn't tinkered with a lot. There is very subtle changes. A bit like, I'm not saying, you know, he's like the Ranieri of, you know, coming in and, you know, how Ranieri thought he was going to change a lot, but he didn't really mess around too much. That he is very similar in a lot of whale, whales, <laughs> slip of the tongue, in a lot of ways to um, Neil Warnock. He, he is all about um, the team and just having that motivation and sort of like us against them, sort of siege mentality. His play also has similar elements as as you might have seen from his Millwall days. He does like to play it direct sometimes. The major difference, I would say, is not as much as Neil Warnock. I mean, not Neil Warnock, any chance, you know, set for the set piece or sort a of throw in, it's like get it in the box, get the big guys up, we're, we're going for it. But we definitely like to play it a bit more. And I think that shows by the introduction and the, the coming of age a bit of, of, of Lee Tomlin and players like that. So I feel like we're definitely going to have, we're always going to have that, set piece threat and we still throw balls in the box you know when, when the when the opportunity does arise but we definitely have more we, we can mix it both ways i feel now with harris um and i think that's going to help you know it's just another string to our bow i i saw in the northampton game they uh played a three five two which i'd never seen i mean harris has yeah. been four four two forever yeah. was that do you think that was something he was just trying out uh, do you what do you expect to see on saturday I don't expect to see a 3-5-2. I'd be, I'd be shocked if he plays a 3-5-2. I mean, maybe he's trying something tactically just as like, you know, if, if we need it. I know we've bought the, that other um, right back from Arsenal and he's a bit of a, someone who likes to get forward. Bennett on, is a left back that also likes to get forward. So maybe he's messing around with our fullbacks in that capacity and he just want, wanted to see how they would do in that system. I, I still feel with, with the players we have, uh, a four-four-two is what we're best suited as. I mean, you could have the four-four-two with the one just off the one up top. I, I can imagine that's what he's going to go for. I mean, maybe he's thinking around if Tomlin's injured. Maybe we do need a bit of a change. But but I would imagine. I mean, if we lose three-nil against Northampton, I can't imagine us going. Oh, this is the this is the system for us. You know, what's the last thing Wednesday'll expect? It's three-five-two that we got battered against Northampton. But I definitely think he's just, you know, it's good for him to have a mess around and there's not many opportunities, especially with the the, the season happening as fast as it, as it has been. We haven't had many friendlies and, for, you know, for him to try out stuff. So maybe he saw the Carabao Cup as something that he could tinker a bit and, and, and just test a few systems out. I do think that because of the schedule being the way it is and the League Cup starting before the season that... Several teams, and certainly having watched the Wednesday uh, Walsall game, we're kind of treating it in a way like a preseason friendly. Yeah, that 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 makes. How did you guys get on? You know, I wasn't following the old Wednesday Walsall. Four two on penalty kicks after a oh, ninety wow. minute nil nil. Patty, do you want to give the, the great was quote? Moving well. <laughs> yeah. So the the cup the cup dreams on is it? The cup yeah. dreams on. Oh, well, Rochdale in the next round, and then Ipswich or Fulham. So. Would you prefer a? Because how many points are you down now? Like start twelve. Off? Would you take? Well, I, yeah, I was going to say, would you take winning the cup over over staying up? But I don't know why you you'd want to stay in the division. I would staying up is obviously yeah, the number one priority. But I mean, we don't want to get any joy out of the league this year, so it makes sense trying to do a cup run at the same time. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. 
And the schedule is so compacted as it is anyway that everyone's going to be on their last legs by January 15th as it is, I think. Yeah. But thread bear squad still needs some more signings as well. A lot of people left, as, as you may have seen in the news, Fletcher, Forestieri, <laughs> Hutchinson, pretty much our entire squad from 2016 has gone now. Wow. Is it, is it time to bring back Gary Medine? <laughs> Where uh, is Gary Medine? Does anyone know? I is. I is. Still? I'm fine. <laughs> I think he's Blackpool, but that's just mm. that's just rumours. There's all these, you know, no one truly knows where Gary Medine will turn up. <laughs> you know, it is the Gary Medine derby, this one. The Cardiff went. <laughs> uh, Beth, a more a recent thing is the Kadeem Harris derby. Are we still thank oh, you yeah. for uh, giving us him for free? Because he's been great for us for last, last season. Yeah, I was thinking about players, actually, who played for... You know both clubs, and I forgot about Kadim. And he was always when I remember talking to you when he first signed, and he was a player I didn't really want to see go. But we had a lot of those type of wingers, so it's it sort of meant, made sense for Kadim that he wanted to go in. It was his time to go somewhere and and put his you know stamp down as a, as a first team regular. Um, and I'm glad to see him do well. He, he you know he's always been he's he's good to watch. I liked him. No, he's good. He could probably improve his final ball, but um, I mean, if he yeah. if it was better than that, he'd probably be in the Premier League. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's what's with us rather than someone good. Yeah. So I've got two more questions for you before we let you go. Um, uh, yeah. First one is uh, prediction for this weekend. Score prediction. I'll go for I'll go for two 0 Cardiff. I I think Cardiff are going to do it. I think Keith Moore is looking sharp. He played in the Nations League. I think he's going to be. He's going to be a handful for. I'm not. Who, who's your centre back pairing? Are they are they monsters? Three at the back. We've got we've got actually three decent sides now. We've got is Lou is is Leuven still there? <laughs> <laughs> no, we put into Pasha in Cardiff. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> no, who did he go? Well, Sunderland wasn't he finished his career with? I think yeah, the Leuvenator. Um, yeah. We have I offer Lees and a guy called Julian Burner. Um, yeah, I mean, so, maybe Shay Dunkley this weekend. Maybe Shay Dunkley. If again. he's yeah, if he's ready. Yeah. We, can, we, we well, also raid a Wigan. What, yeah. no shout for uh, Jos Van Aken, Paddy? No, no <laughs> shout for Van Aken, though. He's not been anywhere near the first team. Yeah. Sorry, well, uh, uh, anyone, anyone on the Wednesday squad? Uh, anyone? Uh, blah, 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 let's try again. Anyone on the Wednesday side predict us to win Saturday? I think they might be able to like grind out a 1-1 draw, but I'm not, I never I never like... the My two least favorite away fixtures are at Cardiff and at Bristol City because they never seem to win, and they have them both in the first three matches, so that's great. (laughs) It just always feels like they lose like a shitty 2-1 game. Yeah. I mean, with Cardiff, you need to be on your game physically at the start just as a baseline, and then... I think they they actually have the physicality in the squad now they didn't have in recent years, but I don't think they've quite gelled to the point where they don't have like a really bad mistake on a set piece in them. What, what do you think morale's like in the team? Is it, I know I'm interviewing you now, but <laughs> you know, it's tough to say. Um, there was a story this week that came out that Gary Monk wrote everyone in the squad a letter before the season, I think sort of outlining expectations and they've been able to get some very solid uh, business done in the window, even after the 12 point deduction was announced. So I don't think it's really impact. And it's not like players that are just like looking for a championship gig. It's, you know, a young man city youth player. It's, you know, you know, Che Dunkley. I know he's coming off a double leg break. Could probably have his pick of championship squads yeah. as, as, as a squad player at worst. Um, you know, Izzy Brown on loan from Chelsea is a, 
is a real dangerous player. So they've gotten they've gotten some real yeah players in even given the given the situation. But again, it they've had a month of preseason and it didn't really look great against Walsall. So no, but then we didn't well, look great against Northampton. So I mean, like you know, it, it's going to be who deals with this quick succession of games as well. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting. I mean, I think the morale thing that I like from our side is the fact that with the large clear out that we had of a lot of players, a lot of them were veteran players who, frankly, weren't that interested in listening to Gary Monk when he came in. They didn't want to hear something new. They were on the end of their their careers and they were veterans, so they weren't afraid to say it or kind of make a scene. And, And a lot of those guys got cleared out. And in addition to that, Monk was finally given the ability to bring in his own backroom staff. He'd been using uh, holdover coaches at all positions right. all last season. So for him to be able to bring in James Beattie um, to work with strikers, not that we have any, um, but to, you know, have his own staff to bring in his own players to have a very short, but off season to, as Jeff said, you know, outline expectations for everybody and do it. Um, I get the feeling that, uh, morale as it were is actually not too bad uh even considering the minus 12 and you know frankly when you are minus 12 you have a goal and it's not a unachievable goal we're not talking about winning the fa cup we're talking about over a 46 game period making up enough ground to not go down that's an achievable goal 12 points better than rotherham for the course of the season (laughs) right yeah no and i i think that's uh you know I'm, but I'm the positive one around here, apparently. So that's, you know, that's, uh, well, I, that's how that is. I think if you guys get a few, I think it's going to be important the start of the season. I think if you get a few, you know, it doesn't have to be all wins. I'm saying like, if you get a, a draw here against, you know, a, a fancy team, say if you drew against Cardiff, followed it up with a win, the momentum starts going. And I think, but I think if you lose a few on the bounce at the start of the season, it might be a, it might be a long old season. Yeah, it's a long tough. season, no matter what happens. <laughs> it's going to be tough for Monk to, to uh, come back from yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. All right. So final question, Dave, and the most important question of the night is, uh, it's our fantasy football draft on Thursday, I think, right? Yeah, it is. I'm ready. Uh, who's who's your number one pick? Number one pick that I'm going to spend my my um, fantasy bucks on. Is you going to blow your auction, auction wad on? I mean, the, the obvious choice is is KDB. But right, I, I, yeah, I kind of like um, Obama Yang this season. I think he's going to score a shed load of goals. I know he's a bit goal dependent when it comes to his fantasy points in Fantrax, but I think, I think Obama Yang, I'd be very interested in. Is he listed as a midfielder in Fantrax? No, he's a striker in Fantrax. I, I just did a draft league where he's li- listed as a midfielder, so he was yeah. my first pick. <laughs> yeah, so, no, in a, at a midfielder, yeah, you, you pop, you're getting a lot of points from that. Um, I just think he's going to have a good season. Has he signed a contract? I think hopefully he has, but I think he might be on the brink of signing a contract. Yeah. But um, they're looking good, Arsenal. I, I mean, I, I, but I feel like we've been there before with Arsenal. They're looking good, and then who knows? Who knows? Rare mention of Premier League on this podcast. Uh, maybe yeah. <laughs> last for a long time. <laughs> Wait, well, maybe Obama Young. I'll come to you guys. When I, don't know, I don't know what age you left to be. For uh, I'm waiting for 38 year old Jamie Vardy to sign a last deal with us. That's, yeah. that's yeah, all I, gonna, I have to look forward to. I was going to say, is there like you know, 
a hero in disguise. You know, we I have to mention Craig Bellamy. And, you know, someone who's going to come back to Sheffield Wednesday, a Sheffield boy who's going to, you know, do it for you guys. Is there anyone out there? Jamie Vardy. It's, it is yeah. Jamie Vardy. He's the main mm. one. Yeah. He's not going to do it for us. <laughs> I think I think Gary Cahill's time's gone and went, so I don't think Gary mm. Cahill's coming. Um, that it? Isn't uh, Brendan Rodgers secretly a Wednesday night or something? Really? He is. Really? Interesting. For managing, though, right? Not not playing. I mean, he could probably do a job for us up front. We've <laughs> 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 well, got Jordan Rhodes. <laughs> okay, thanks so much for coming on, mate. We'll, That's no uh, speak soon. All right. Enjoy the rest of your podcast, guys. Uh, good luck Saturday. Right. Take care. Cardiff game might be unlikely to be a Wednesday win, but we do have another winnable League Cup game against Rochdale at midweek, and it's a good opportunity to revisit our new favorite segment, Justin Discovers Rochdale. What do you have for us this week? Uh, I'm going to say that Rochdale, and we'll get into the club itself, uh, Rochdale the town is slightly more interesting than Walsall, so... We got that to start. Uh, Rochdale is a fairly large city uh, in northeastern uh, greater Manchester, uh, much like uh, Walsall and every other town in England. It was uh, around from the 1200s. It was a uh, merchant town that actually made a bunch of money on the wool trade until the uh, Industrial Revolution caused the town to explode and due to their... uh, large canal apparently uh, became quite the mill town until like all post-industrial mill towns it turned to crap um the couple interesting things about rochdale uh it is the birthplace of the modern co-op movement um which as uh, somebody who tends to lean to the left on economic uh, matters and am a proud member of a credit union i thought that was kind of interesting um and also uh rather interesting they have a gorgeous victorian era town hall uh with a giant clock tower that apparently was so pretty that uh adolf hitler decided that when germany defeated england during world war ii hitler would take the town hall back to germany brick by brick and reassemble it um which i suppose we're all quite thankful that never got to that and uh in something that far as I know, only Jeff will care about, but maybe there are others. Uh, a Doctor Who uh, seemed to be the most famous person I could find from Rochdale, and that was Colin Baker. The sixth uh, Doctor, Jeff, not one of the better ones. So that Jeff's assessment is not one of the better ones. So I mean, it was the it, it was the eighties. The series was not in its uh, heyday at that point, but fair enough i'm going to trust you on that um so that was the town now the team is the uh rochdale association football club afc also known as the dale um i think they have stunning uh jerseys they have the inter milan black and blue stripes which i'm a huge fan of and if anybody wants to look at pictures from the uh huddersfield game that they just took their uh, away kit is a lovely green and black this year um so Rochdale, or The Dale, as we'll call them, uh, was founded in 1907, uh, was accepted into the EFL in 1921, 
the peak of their existence was uh, a League Cup final in 1962, where they lost to Norwich. Um, they were 18th in League One last year. Um, they've been in League One for eight out of the last 10 seasons, including the last seven straight, or this will be their seventh straight year. Although they have never been above the third tier. Um, from 1974 to 2010, they were in the fourth division for 36 consecutive years, which is the longest that any team has ever been in the fourth division, uh, leading uh, snarky uh, rivals to refer to it as the Rochdale uh, division. Um, they have never played above the third tier, and they also hold that record for being the longest serving EFL team to never make it above the third tier. Uh, now, this specific team, like uh Walsall is almost entirely made up of UK and Ireland players, except for a young Portuguese striker named Fabio Tavares. Um, so aside from him, once again, we're looking at a bunch of uh, pretty typical uh, League One type squad. Uh, last year, uh, they were they shipped the fourth most goals in League One and did not score that many themselves. So they have kind of a weak back line, although they're... Uh, captain is a guy named Owen O'Connell, who uh, is kind of a, exactly what you'd expect out of a big center back on a League One squad. Um, but he was the one who actually potted the goal against Huddersfield to help them advance. Um, and yet again, another connection to horrible Wednesday teams. Their manager is Brian Barry Murphy, who uh, made a remarkable <laughs> fi fi yeah, 58 appearances for Wednesday and zero goals. Brian Barry uh, Murphy, as in the... Uh obscure Wednesday player quiz question from all of our uh, quizzes over the last <laughs> that, is, that is correct that is correct also on those atrocious 03 04 teams that were in uh, in league one uh, they have gotten a couple of reinforcements from the Man City Academy a goalkeeper and a center back who seem to be helping them out um, and I think from everything that I've looked up although I'm not going to lie to find Information on Rochdale's tactics and things of that nature uh, is a little challenging. Um, it looks like they're probably going to expect to see them in a 4-4-2, which probably plays out as a 4-4-1-1. Um, and I would guess that much like we saw from Walsall, we'll see 10 men behind the ball and us struggling to break them down. But this is a team that gave up goals for fun in League One last year, so... As I said before the Walsall game, if we can't win this, there's big problems. Time to not start Jordan Rhodes to get him uh, some confidence. <laughs> play another false nine with fucking, I don't even know. Who would be the funniest false nine they could play? It might be like Lily. Remember the, who is Joey. The, Joey. Joey. Yeah. I was going to say, who, remember, who is the gigantic center back they played as a striker briefly? Oh, Frederick oh, Nielsen. Thornton. Frederick Nielsen. So they could play oh, Van Aken as like the number nine. <laughs> Since they're not going to start him as center back, just put him up there and like lump it up to him. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, I like the fact that we're going to end all of Justin's uh, previews with, for the love of God, we've got to beat his team. <laughs> we, should, we should beat his team. Patty, do we have any other business? Uh, yes, we've got a few things before we go. Um, we have meetups again, uh, which is nice. Um, social distance ones, of course. Uh, first one in New York, in Bryant Park, which is our new um, home away from home. 
that will be at 10 a.m. on Saturday Eastern Time. We have another meetup as well, which I found out about today. The Main View Inn is back in uh, North Manchester, Indiana, so go and meet uh, Stephen Peck, and I believe they actually can have it indoors there. Um, Justin, any other meetups? Have you uh, turned any of your Bryant Park friends into Wednesday fans yet? <laughs> you mean the uh, homeless folk of Bryant Park? <laughs> So be it. Whatever they are, I mean, they could just be hanging out there drinking early in the morning. I mean, like us. I mean, who am I to judge, right? We were out there <laughs> drinking early in the morning too. There you so go. They have. They are no worse or better off than we are. In fact, they're probably happier than we are because we're watching Wednesday <laughs> game. Um, Should bring a couple extra shirts. And hand them out. Yeah. Uh, we do also have a virtual meetup um, on Zoom. Um, our friend Mike uh, Laroon is going to be doing that for us. So we'll put details on uh, our Owls Americas forum. If you're interested in joining us uh, online, um, also we have the blog back up. Um, we uh, I've got uh, we've hired Sean uh, Sean Foreman uh, in Pittsburgh, uh, an American owl who's been writing some blog posts for us. Uh, we're also opening up to anyone else that wants to write blog posts for us too. So if you're uh, in the Americas and you fancy uh, having a go at it, give us a draft over owlsamericas at gmail.com, and we'll get in touch and uh, put it on the website. You've been listening to episode 104 of the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. We're currently looking for season sponsors, and you can get in touch at owlsamericas.com, owlsamericas at gmail.com. You can also find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas and on Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are by fellow Wednesday nights Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show. Just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show as it helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter, at New England Owl. Justin, what game or date... Does Jordan Rhodes score his first goal in the 2020-2021 season? Uh, Jordan Rhodes will score his first goal of the 2021 season on Saturday, September 12th. The year gets off the... And he might even start against Cardiff, who knows? Patty is on Twitter, at New York Owls. Patty, when does Jordan Rhodes score his first goal of the 2020-2021 season? Um... Well, as you may recall from the last episode, I predicted that John Rhodes would be our top goal scorer with 15 goals. So he's going to start scoring pretty quickly, I think, to hit that. Um, I also predicted that he'd be uh, injured by December and leaving on free or something in the year. So uh, I think he will not score against Cardiff, but I think he might score against Rochdale. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. It will bring you all the Jordan Rhodes goal news. It's fit to podcast next week.